Hello, people. Welcome to episode nine of Real Talker with Drew Walker. I am Drew Walker, author of the poetry book, Confines of a Free Spirit. And I am here to bring the poetry to the people and to talk about myself as usual. Today will be a standard episode of Real Talker. And if you like what you hear, I really appreciate anybody that gives me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or shares the podcast page or episode through Anchor or Spotify. I love you. Today, I'm going to be discussing a poem from my book called 16. And I'm excited to share this one because it is actually the oldest poem from the book. I think I also said that about the first poem that I shared, Unlearning, but I lied and I didn't intend to lie and didn't realize that I lied until this moment. So I hope that you can all forgive me. But this, 16, is the oldest poem in the book. Sixteen. My temperature increases. This is what I've been looking for, what I've been waiting for. Taking hold of the constant desire is impossible, yet effortless. An exchange of beautiful lies and I have fallen deep into the center of the earth. No catches, no flaws but rather harmony in a lonely, crowded world. I'll never let go. It's so strange to read back on this poem because it was written so long ago, I can't even believe that it was actually written by me. There are certain parts of the poem that definitely fit into what my writing style has evolved into now, such as those interplaying opposites of, you know, impossible yet effortless or a lonely crowded world. That's very typical of me to play with these dichotomies, as we know. But this poem was written like nine years ago. And the reason that it is called 16 is because that's how old I was when I wrote it. As I was typewriting my poems for Confines of a Free Spirit, I came across an old poetry book that I had when I was a teenager, and I sifted through the poems. My writing process was different at that age. What I would do was I would write a poem on one page, and then the following pages would be explaining what the poem meant and why I wrote that because, you know, the OCD in me, I don't wanna forget what a poem is about. So I have to explain it to myself. Although what I realize now is that I probably didn't have to do that. So what this poem is actually about is my relationship with alcohol at the age of 16. It's pretty crazy to think that I was like so involved in like drinking and partying at that age, but that was just my reality at the time. I had a pretty intense phase in high school of 
partying my face off and that's really what this is talking about is just how I guess any kind of altering substance just brings relief in a sense and I think that this sense is false relief. The problem I had with drinking when I was younger is that I just did not know my limits. I would drink until I was blackout and I wouldn't mix in any waters and I was just a very small girl like it took me a very long time to understand my limits and even now like probably one in ten times drinking I still have a a blackout but when that happens it needs it needs to happen one thing that my listeners should know about me is that I am a total lover I love everyone and I I try my best to see the best in people um, sometimes to a fault where I actually can't see uh, where people lack there's a line in the poem that says an exchange of beautiful lies and I have fallen deep into the center of the earth oh so dramatic this is because I would get drunk and I would just love whoever was right in front of me and I would just feel all these feelings and think that what I was experiencing was love but it was just you know lust and teenage hormones. <laughs> Anyways there's two poems in the book that were written in this same era one is called 16 and one is called 17. Um, that one's called 17 because I was 17 when I wrote it. And I just thought it was a nice homage to include those as um, a little homage to past Drew. <laughs> I don't have a huge record of my life during, you know, those critical teenage years of like 15 to 20. I didn't really keep a standard journal at that time, so I'm really appreciative when I come across these notes here and there of, of those dark days, I might call them. High school is like a really weird time to navigate. What I've come to realize is maybe that's because you're forced to see people every single day and not everyone gets along. But because it's school, like you're just you're forced to be in each other's presence. And I think there's so many personality clashes, but uh, it's a really hard time to navigate. So if there's anybody here listening that is in high school, it gets better. Don't worry. <laughs> just remember that the person that you become is also dependent on the people that you surround yourself with. So if you like the people around you, then that's a good thing. But if you don't like the people around you, maybe take a step back because you're going to become more and more like those people the more time you spend with them. And that's what happened to me. The last couple lines in the poem where it says, no catches, no flaws, but rather harmony in a lonely, crowded world. I'll never let go. Well, I'll tell you this right now, I let go. <laughs>
I have a couple listener questions this week. Thank you to everyone that responded to my Instagram feedback story. You guys are super cool humans. Thank you. The first question is, how are you doing, lovely flower lady? And I just want to say, thanks for asking because, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I really like that you called me lovely flower lady because that's just super cute. And I hope that you're doing good too. I hope you're doing excellent. So thanks for that question, firstly. Actually, I'm going to elaborate on why I'm doing good. I have just recently undergone a shift in my work where half the time I get to make amazing um, plant arrangements with the design team at my greenhouse. So I'm feeling incredibly grateful that I have an outlet for creative expression at work. And that's why I'm doing good today. <laughs> the second listener question that I have is what advice do you have for people traveling solo? And I think this is a really great question. And I took some time to reflect on it and I've come up with three tips that I would like to share with you this episode. I mean, I have lots of tips that I could give, but these are the three that came to me most naturally. Tip number one for traveling solo. Be your own best friend. The thing about traveling solo is you're solo. There's going to be periods of time where maybe you meet someone you really get along with and you guys link up for a couple weeks, but for the most part, it is a completely independent experience. So you need to be your own best friend. What that means is do what you want to do. Do what brings you joy. Do what's fun. It's not a bad idea to think about what your intention behind the traveling is. So when I traveled, my intention was to find joy. Of course, it was to experience new places and new cultures and accumulate wealth and experiences but overall it was to find joy and I just want to clarify that happiness and joy are not the same thing happiness is an emotion it is fleeting joy is a state of being and that is what my focus was when I traveled and because I thought about it quite often as my intent, I was able to achieve that over the trip. Tip numero deux for solo travel. Find a creative outlet. Traveling can be a pretty intense experience because life is coming at you really fast. It's important to find activities that can balance you and I think that anything creative is a really balancing activity so maybe you've been interested in learning an instrument pick up the instrument or writing or drawing or painting uh, knitting who knows needlework I don't know the opportunities are endless find something that speaks to you 
it's really easy to default to um, going on social media or on your phone and communicating with people back home. But I think it's also important to kind of snap out of that when you're traveling and really dive deep into yourself. Creativity can be healing and it can also be revealing. So why not? Tip number three for solo traveling is to walk into every situation like you belong. Quite frankly, I believe if you've walked into any situation, if you've made it that far, you probably do belong. Wherever you are is where you belong. And when you're traveling, you have to be able to make every place that you are feel like home. So let go of those anxieties and those insecurities and just own it. Own what you're doing. Be the person that you want to be. Talk to locals. Just embrace the whole experience, honestly. This is one tip for doing that. I'm sure I could come up with a list of like 20 tips for traveling solo. Um, if you, as a listener, are somebody who wants to travel solo, who has traveled solo, or who's just curious, feel free to send me a message on Instagram and I'm more than happy to lend some advice because it is a big dive into the unknown and it's good to consult with uh, people who have a little bit of experience in that unknown realm. Time for the Toby report. So I'm still living in dad's basement. There's another update for you. Things are going great. <laughs> But uh, dad's getting all the trim painted on his house and he's also getting the front porch painted and the back deck painted. So Toby's made some new friends in the painters. They've been prepping for the last week and a half or so and Toby's been very involved in the prep work. He uh, makes sure that he gives the painters frequent breaks between sanding so that he can get some attention. And he just likes to, you know, walk in between people's legs when they're walking. So, yeah, he's just loving it. But today, the painters actually started painting the front porch and the back deck. So what that means is... Um, wet paint. <laughs> I honestly didn't even consider it but uh, when I got home from the lake Toby was cuddling me and I looked at his paws and they're completely gray so he must have just been like checking along all over the fresh paint job <laughs> and it must have been getting the painters so angry but like you can't get angry at Toby because he's perfect. <laughs> He didn't do it on purpose. So yeah, wish Toby luck in his uh, near future grooming. He's gonna need it. Before I leave you with an album recommendation of the week, my favorite part, 
I would just like to encourage you all to follow along on my social media pages. My Instagram is at DrewWalker underscore art, and my Facebook is DrewWalkerArt. You know, I don't understand technology as much as the next person, but I know it's good when people follow along. So please do. I would appreciate your support. The album recommendation of the week is called 666 by Sugar Candy Mountain. I promise you it is not a satanic worship album, although it is titled with three sixes. Um, I don't really get that. I, uh, yeah, I guess as a conversation starter, so from like a marketing perspective, I get the title, but other than that, it kind of like scares me away from the album a little bit, you know? But it's a 40 minute album and it's kind of a psychedelic alternative. I find genres really hard to describe because, you know, every artist has a different sound and different style. It's really hard to categorize these things into one genre but it's super chill I was listening to it at the lake this weekend uh, with a couple friends and we were vibing it's fun so go listen to it 666 by Sugar Candy Mountain as per usual thank you very much for tuning in to Real Talker with Drew Walker and yeah I hope you keep tuning in that'd be cool I also hope that you all enjoyed your May long weekend. For those of you who are listening from Canada, May long weekend is my favorite weekend of the year. And lucky for me, I got to work two days of the weekend. So that's great. Anyways, I'm going to let you go now because I'm, uh, I'm rambling. I'll be back two Tuesdays from now with episode 10. That's a, that's a milestone. I got to think of something to do for that. 10 double digits. Anyways, hear me then.